back. I'm Carrie. And I'm Cassandra. And this is Too Good to Be True. And we're on part two of our Gypsy Rose Blanchard story. Last week, uh, we covered how Dee Dee had stolen money from family. She was suspected of having killed her own mother by starvation. She was suspected of feeding her stepmother Roundup to kill her as well. And she was sick the entire time that she was there until she left. We covered everything that Gypsy was going through as more or less a hostage of her mother and how she had met a fellow named Nick Godajan online and eventually they started forming a plan to kill her mother to get her away. So now we're going to go ahead and pick right up with the murder of Dee Dee. Let's go. Let's get into it. On June 10th, 2015, Gota John returned to Springfield while Gypsy and her mother were attending a doctor's appointment. You know, because that's all they ever did. Yeah, pretty bad. Once they returned home and Dee Dee went to sleep, Gota John went to the Blanchard house at about 3 in the morning. Gypsy let him in and allegedly provided him with duct tape, gloves, and a knife, understanding that he would use these items to carry out Dee Dee's murder. He had originally wanted her to also buy a taser, but she she couldn't. I mean, she didn't have any documentation proving that she was old enough to purchase her. I'm pretty sure that how, age restricted. I would think so, but like, yeah, how would she get into all that? That's that's going to put much. Right, and she the knife even, she didn't even buy. She had stolen the knife from Walmart. The knife was Nick's idea. He, at first, wanted a machete. But that was too difficult for Gypsy to conceal to steal it from the store. Run at it. Hop in a whole machete up under your shirt and trying to leave. Oh my god, yeah, that's a bit. That's just, that's a lot. Like, and ha- how? And it's unnecessary. It's also unnecessary. You're trying to kill like, her. enormous. Yeah, you're trying to kill her to get her daughter away. You're not trying to fucking be like. Yeah, that's pretty intense. Chainsaw massacre over here and. Now, do we know how long after the the movie date, quote unquote, what this was? I not a, not that it's that important. I'm just curious. I'm not completely sure. I want to say it was that same year, year. and I'm, I'm scrolling through my notes right now to try and find out, but I don't have it in here. I don't know the precise date that all of that went down, but I know it wasn't. It wasn't an extremely long time. It's like because after they met was when Dee Dee really started getting really bad. Like got worse. Right. Yeah. Like more controlling. Like chaining her at home and all that crazy. Yeah. You know, I even went on Gypsy Rose Reddit just to see, you know, because there actually is a subreddit devoted to her, which it's not extremely active anymore. But there were talks of there being a shed behind the house where Dee Dee had threatened to basically just lock Gypsy in the shed shed. behind the house and have her wear, like, adult diapers and just... And just leave her there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I... On the Reddit thread they had talked about how there were photos of the shed and the diapers were in the photos i couldn't locate them so i can't say for you can't confirm and and i am yeah i don't remember hearing that in any of the interviews but it could have happened very well could have happened i don't know i was just thinking to myself how'd they go from let's have sex in this bathroom to hey want to kill my mom (laughs) you know what i mean yeah, I mean, I like the turn of events. I don't think it came about so rapidly. I just yeah. think that things were progressing to a point where Gypsy was like, I, I shouldn't tell it anymore. Yeah. The two had previously considered other methods of murdering Dee Dee, including poison, arson, or a gun. But Gypsy said she chose not to use poison because it was too hard to find an odorless, tasteless poison. I wouldn't know, but I can imagine it would be hard to find something that doesn't alter the taste at all. So Yeah. She said she didn't kill Dee Dee herself because she didn't think she could do it because she gets squeamish at the sight of blood. Nick had also wanted to rape Dee Dee because he has that rape fantasy. That's disturbing. Okay. Yeah. Gypsy talked him out of it by telling him he could rape her instead after. All right. And this was all stuff that had kind of come out in the testimony where she, I was actually watching her. This wasn't 
or a TV show. This wasn't a documentary. This was the actual trial of go to jump. Like words from their mouths. So at this point in the testimony, Gypsy became emotional because she, the, I mean, they went hard on her. They were like, okay, so you gave him permission to, to do this. And they were like, did you give him permission to stab your mother 17 times? Did you give him permission to slit her neck down to the bone? And so she became like visibly upset because she, I mean, she didn't, she did want her killed, but she didn't want her to suffer badly in it. And she was then asked if Nick had ever raped her, at which point the judge asked them to lay off to give her a second to compose herself. What the fuck? I mean, her stuff was already done at this point, so there was no need to no need like, to come like, down on her like that. That's horrible. Yes, let's rehash all this and make you feel worse when your part is already over. And right, I mean, she doesn't need to talk about it. Obviously, it's the testimony yeah. in the court, but they didn't really. Some of the so questions don't seem necessary yeah. or like also they didn't need to be as aggressive like you said because I mean it's not, hasn't this girl suffered enough like not to be one of those people but like I was right yeah and Gypsy and Nick had made up a story to tell if they got caught they were going to say that Dee Dee had kicked her out and then Goda John had come to get her because she was going to live with him and his parents during the incident, Gypsy hid in the bathroom, covering her ears to avoid hearing her mother's screams. She did. I can imagine that that would not be. Yeah, well, she didn't hear the bulb. She heard her shout out her name. She heard her shout help. And she knew to come out when Dota John did a code that they had made up together. Three knocks, followed by two scratches on the door. Dota John had stabbed Dee Dee 17 times in the back while she slept. Following the act, Goda John and Gypsy had sex in Gypsy's room. They also took approximately $4,000 in cash that Dee Dee had kept in the house, primarily consisting of child support payments from her ex-husband. The two then left around 6 a.m. and fled to Days Inn Hotel outside of Springfield, where they stayed for a few days planning their next steps. During this time, they were captured on surveillance cameras at various local stores. Gypsy expressed her belief that they had successfully escaped detection and gotten away with the crime. Now, in the act, there after this happens, they, Gypsy's freaked out. She's like, they're going to catch us, you know. And in real life, Gypsy said that never crossed her mind. She just automatically assumed that she was just going to get away with it and she was going to live out the rest of her life as a missing person. Right. Well, I mean, people thought that there were so many things wrong with her. They thought she was confined to a wheelchair. I mean, right. To change up her hair and makeup and be walking immediately, that's a huge difference. Oh, yeah. I don't think anyone would have found her. She would have blended in very easily. She changed her name, and then she's obviously running to another completely different state and city. I mean, well, she could she. Could have technically. She could have. Off. Yeah, they hadn't had all oh, missteps. I definitely do believe that she could have. To avoid being caught with the murder weapon, they mailed it back to go to John's home in Wisconsin before taking a bus there. Witnesses who encountered the pair on their way to the Greyhound station observed that Gypsy wore a blonde wig and walked without assistance. They were delayed an extra day in Springfield because Nick's return bus didn't have room for an extra passenger and he hadn't bought Gypsy a ticket. So they had to exchange the ticket to one where they could go together. Like he had no forethought whatsoever, no planning skills at all. At all. He, he purchased a round trip ticket for himself and did not account at all for the fact that on the way back there was going to be somebody else with him. Right. What a dumbass. Yeah, so that sent him back a day. After seeing a concerning Facebook status posted from Dee Dee's account, friends of the Blanchard family grew alarmed. And I have a screenshot of this posted on our Instagram. If y'all haven't seen it, if you want to see it, it's up there. Yeah. It's still online. It is still on Facebook. Their account is still active. It is a memorial account now. It's a remembrance account. It's, it's not, you know, somebody's actually using it. Um, but this... The status is still up there. Wow, that's crazy. The post read, The bitch is dead. 
in a comment further down on the thread, which this is, this is deleted. And I don't know if it's because Facebook's algorithm was like, oh, too many bad words. No, no. Yeah. Or if somebody actually reported it or Facebook itself. itself you know, somebody, got rid of it. somebody saw, uh, Facebook saw it and was like, that's inappropriate and got rid of it. I don't know. But the comment read, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud. LOL. I know. Really fucking sick. Now, and now, Gypsy wrote the Gypsy wrote these, not Nick. I thought he did. No, Gypsy. Holy shit. Gypsy wrote these. See, that's, this is where, like, okay, I kind of go back and forth in my head, like, okay, she was a willing participant in this and, like, whatever, and, but then when I think about all the stuff that she went through, then I kind of think, okay, at some point you're going to get to a point where you're going to be like, fuck this shit. You know what I mean? Like, and I can completely understand that, but also like, that's a bit far. You know what I mean? I mean, I get it because she did want it to come. Across. She wanted it to sound a certain way. She wanted it to sound as if it was asked of somebody that had broken in and just murdered yeah. and, and done this. And she also... A big part of it was that she wanted people to go and search the home because she wanted Dee Dee to be found. To be a battle of the body to just lie. To sure, to just lay there and rot. She wanted her to have proper burial and all that stuff. Right. Which, and, and that's completely under the same one of their missteps then. What had they, that project they had they not done that and posted that stuff, they probably would have gotten Probably well, so, but I'd order even to have the hind the not the hindsight the foresight. It's just saying to to use a VPN, yeah, even to to so like scare the IP address and everything. Right. But we'll get into that later. Friends' attempts to reach out via phone went unanswered, prompting several friends and neighbors to visit the house. Although it was known that Dee Dee and Gypsy occasionally embarked on unannounced medical trips, the presence of Dee Dee's car in the driveway made this explanation unlikely. The windows of the house were covered with protective film, making it difficult to see inside in the dim lighting. And with no response at the door, the concerned group of friends decided to call 911. And you can also see this play out on that Facebook status if you actually read the comments. It's a lot of neighbors and friends going like, what's up? What's up? Is everything okay? It's, you know, are you okay? I think I see yeah. the full thread before. A lot of it, like, like, like Dee are you joking? Have you been hacked? Is right. somebody in your account? And then slowly they all start to realize this is for real. And you see different people start to be like, can somebody go check on them? Somebody please go over there. Call nine. And then don't the neighbors go over and like go through a window or something? Right. Yep. So when the police arrived, they had to wait for a search warrant before entering. With that, I don't understand because I thought a wellness check kind of gave them. Wouldn't that, yeah, the that vision. I could be wrong. I mean, I could be wrong too, but you would think that that would be well under that type of... Right. What's the whole point of calling the police for a wellness check if all they can do is yeah. knock on the door and not enter? And not enter. But I don't know. Maybe they can't. I, I probably should have looked that up. I didn't. But, yes, you know, y'all are interested, go ahead and Google it. They did allow one of the neighbors, like you said, to climb through a window. Upon entering, the neighbor discovered that the interior of the house appeared undisturbed and all of Gypsy's wheelchairs remained in their places. Once the search warrant was obtained, the police entered the house and soon discovered the lifeless body of Dee Dee. So we just had to briefly stop because there was a screaming child outside the door. And while we were waiting, Cassandra went ahead and Googled the wellness check thing. So go ahead and tell them what you found out. What I found out is it says that they typically knock on the door and await for a response before announcing their law enforcement affiliation. If they still receive no response, they may enter the property. And so this is particularly useful when someone inside the house is unconscious or otherwise unable to respond, which that makes sense. And in this instance, obviously, the person could not respond. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I don't know why they didn't. But anyway, so a GoFundMe campaign was started to cover the costs of Dee Dee's funeral expenses, as well as potentially those of Gypsy, because at this time they didn't know if she was alive or not. Everyone who knew the Blanchards feared the worst, 
as they believed that without her wheelchair, medications, and essential support equipment like oxygen tanks and a feeding tube, Gypsy would be extremely vulnerable. Yeah, so they're all freaking out because they're worried, thinking, oh, yeah, they're like, oh, this little girl has all these problems and she has none of her equipment. She has none of her wheelchairs. What the hell? Yeah, they're thinking even if she has survived the rape and she's with her captor alive, she won't make it very long because she needs her medication. Exactly. Over 60 people attended a candlelight vigil for Dee Dee in downtown Springfield the night after her body was discovered. Aaliyah came forward to share her knowledge with the police regarding Gypsy and her secret online boyfriend. She provided them with saved printouts containing information about the boyfriend, including his name. Why did all these people have printouts? Was that a thing? I don't remember that being a thing. You know what? I feel like, okay, if you're like me and you, who watch a lot of, you know, true crime type things on TV and stuff, I feel like that happens a lot. Does it? I mean, what? I can't remember a time. And I'm like, why were these people always doing this? Like, now, this is probably like pre, you know, having really, really fancy computers and stuff. Right. But like, why were people printing out their email interaction, interactions and stuff like that? I'd Literally, the only time I've printed an email in my life is that would work. Because sometimes I need sometimes to print it to put Yeah, well... But that makes sense. But they're not like building a file on each other. Now, back in the day, back in the golden days of AIM, of uh, AOL right. Instant Messenger, I I did save chats. I would save them, but I never printed them. Printed them out. I've definitely seen where people have had printouts in their house. That's like sometimes how these people get caught, like cheaters and all that other bullshit. I'm like, what are these people doing? Like... Why? It's bad enough that even if you delete it, people can still find it on their computer anyway. But, like, why would you renounce this shit? Just know that I'm using shit on my computer that I don't want them to find. Because I know how to destroy all that shit when I'm getting nervous. <laughs> anyway. So, armed with the information about her boyfriend, the police requested Facebook's assistance in tracing the IP address responsible for the posts made on Dini's account. So, this is what we were talking about. The investigation revealed that the IP address originated from Wisconsin, and the following day, law enforcement agencies in Waukesha County conducted a raid at the Goda John's residence in Big Bend. Both Goda John and Gypsy surrendered and were apprehended on charges of murder and felony armed criminal action. The news of Gypsy's safety brought relief initially to the community in Springfield because they still don't know the truth. They're just like, oh, thank God, and she's still alive. She's okay. We can get yeah. her her medications, and she, you know, is going to be traumatized, but she'll be okay. Shortly thereafter, Gypsy and Go to John were extradited back to Springfield and held in custody under a $1 million bond. However, during the announcement of Gypsy's safety, Green County Sheriff Jim Arnott, Arnott? Arnott, I believe, cautioned that appearances can be deceiving, hinting at hidden truths. The media in Springfield subsequently reported on the Blanchard's actual lives, revealing that Gypsy had never been ill and had always possessed the ability to walk, but her mother had compelled her to pretend otherwise. Physical abuse had been employed as a means of control. Sheriff Arnott discouraged any monetary donations to the family until investigators could determine the full extent of the deception because they had that GoFundMe and everything. So right. And he was like, oh, food, oh, wait a second. Don't people start putting money in these things? Yeah, because he was like, we don't know if this is legitimate. We don't know where this mm-hmm. money is going to end up. So let's just not do it. Yeah, because yeah. at this point, now that, now that they know what they know, they would have to fully investigate all of that. Right. So I'm going to take a quick minute here, and I'm going to go over exactly how many ailments Dee Dee claimed Gypsy had. Oh, she heard a lot. I bet it's like insane. Yeah, the, the, the volume of medications that she was on is, is nuts. For starters, Dee Dee had claimed that Gypsy suffered from leukemia, muscular dystrophy, epilepsy, sleep apnea, asthma, hearing and vision loss, and mental delays. The odds that one individual would have all of that. All now, that. 
Yeah. I will say that when they have an autoimmune disorder, they tend to cluster. Once you've got one, you tend to have other issues. Right. They all kind of tend to lump together. But this is this is a bit not yeah, too lot. much. I have I don't have all of the medications, I'm sure, that she was prescribed, but I do right. have a considerable list here and I'll go over it and forgive me if I pronounce any of it wrong, y'all, because I'm not a doctor. So she was prescribed Cipridex, which are eardrops. Bactrim, which is an antibiotic, lactulose, which is a laxative, diazepam, a sedative, fluticasone, propionate, which is a nasal spray, loratadine, an antihistamine, hydramine diphendramine, another antihistamine, prednisolone, a steroid, nystatin, an antifungal, Xanax, another sedative, as well as epilepsy medication and, you know, like I said, probably others that I don't know. I got the most I could get, and I'm sure she probably had a bunch more. Yeah, well, I'm sure there was more, considering, like, all the things she was claiming that she had dying to be more. Plus, like, wasn't she given her, like, what was she even turned through the feeding tube? Like, was it, like, just a random mixture of... You know, when, yeah. when somebody has a feeding tube, you basically just make. I know you mix up. it up, but I always so I think it's sure what she was giving her. Yeah, no, she's just giving her. I'm sure just like food, any type of mixed up food, right? And then, like I said in the last episode, she was on PDLA well into her 20s. She also had a breathing machine for sleeping and a feeding tube, like you said, inserted. In interviews, the family expressed that they felt Dee Dee might be bipolar or have multiple personalities. I personally don't care for armchair diagnosing, so I will put any stock in that. <laughs> I don't think anybody should be speculating on the mental health of another individual. Right. If you have concerns and they're still living, then by all means. By all means, talk to them. Contact that one, have them checked out. But yeah, but I'm not going to say that he is bipolar or anything because this nephew thought so. Who's to say, honestly? However, her family did call her an evil person. They talked about how they didn't even believe she was dead at first. They kind of thought, you know, just another one of her tricks. It's just another fucking scam. Oh, it's just fucking Dee Dee. Messing around with everyone again. Dee 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 Dee. This same nephew said he wasn't surprised and always figured she'd piss someone off enough to end up murdered at some point. He said he always... Because I'm not even surprised. We're like, oh, yeah... Sounds like Dee Dee. She pissed someone off well, enough that in the this nephew, like, let me tell you, in his in his interview, he was just jovial. He was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, she was dead. I didn't like her. He said he always figured it would be Gypsy who would kill her. Wow. I mean, but that's not really surprising, honestly, considering the dynamic between Gypsy and her mother. You know what I mean? When asked if she got what she deserved, her own father and stepmother said yes. Her father said no one wanted to deal with her body. And when asked who wanted her remains, her sister and father said, flush it in the toilet. <laughs> that part kills me. <laughs> but could you imagine just, okay, so I'm estranged from a lot of my fam. Right. But I'm not anywhere near, near that. that. Yeah. I couldn't imagine the amount of just how awful she had to be for them to get there. Yeah. And that, that, then that makes you really think about poor Gypsy and the situation she was in and being literally caged almost like an animal. And oh, put on a display. Oh, yeah. Too. oh, yeah, true. That is very true. But also, like, that was her only other, like, social, like, that's the only person she had. That's the only person she knew uh, uh, until she met that guy online when she had didn't she had a couple friends she had that Aaliyah next door or whatever but like her mom barely like she controlled everything she did she barely had a social life outside of her mother do you know what I mean mm -hmm. she was so controlled that she that was all she knew basically right you know and it's kind of fucked up that she was just always in close proximity to her so it's like she obviously got the worst than anybody do you know what i mean being her child you know 
Right. And yeah. she didn't have an option really to just yeah away. like yeah because anyone else could be like all right whatever like her pet like Dee Dee's parents obviously they didn't have to stick around mm-hmm. they could once she's old enough it's like see ya you know what I mean but being her child and then also like the manipulate the amount of manipulation I mean the girl didn't even know how old she really was right you know it's just fucked up anyway it is. Following the shocking revelations about the mistreatment suffered by Gypsy at the hands of her mother, public sympathy rapidly shifted towards Gypsy as a long-term victim of child abuse. Initially facing the possibility of first-degree murder charges, which could result in the death penalty or life imprisonment without parole under Missouri law, Gypsy and her boyfriend found themselves in an extraordinary and unusual case as described by County Prosecutor Dan Patterson. Gypsy's attorney managed to obtain her medical records from Louisiana, which played a crucial role in securing a plea bargain for her. That makes sense. Instead of facing the more severe charge, Gypsy pleaded guilty to second-degree murder. Her time spent in the county jail led to positive change in her physical well-being. According to her lawyer, Gypsy managed to gain 14 pounds during her one-year confinement, a notable contrast to the weight loss typically experienced by prisoners in similar situations. Usually people go to jail. They're resting. They're up today. They lose weight. They're not eating. Gypsy gained weight. Yeah, because she is in a better... Sad, but she does not eat. Yeah, sad but true fact, she's in a better situation than she was in with her mother, which is really sad seeing as she's in jail. In July 2015, Gypsy accepted the plea bargain agreement and received a 10-year prison sentence. Meanwhile, Gouda John still faced the more severe charge as prosecutors argued that he had initiated the murder plot. Both Gypsy and Gouda John agreed that he was the one who physically carried out the act of killing Needy. However, Gypsy's plea bargain agreement did not require her to testify against him. She did testify, though, and when asked if she had any other plans to escape besides killing her mother, she said she had three plans called Plan A, Plan B, and Plan C. Plan A was the plan of letting, uh, meeting up at the movie theater and beginning a relationship there. That was mm-hmm. Plan A. That was the most basic of plans. Hey, right, we're going to meet up, we're going to get her blessing, eventually I'll move out with Nick. Right. She thought that she could convince her mom to be okay with it. Right. But clearly that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, that didn't happen. Plan B was murdering her mother. Plan C was for Gypsy to get pregnant so that Nick had to stay in her life. Gypsy said plans B and C were actually out of order because killing her mom was the last resort. But Nick said he couldn't do plan C or what, you know, should have been plan B. Because although he wanted to get Gypsy pregnant and have a baby, his mother wouldn't allow it. Thus, they skipped right to plan B, which again was actually C. But I mean, okay, my mother wouldn't have allowed a pregnancy either, but if it had happened, it's not like you can really... There's nothing you can do about it, really. I mean, there is, but, you know... I mean, there have no fact. That's true, there is. But the thing is, I, I think that goes back to the fact that he had mental delays or whatever, or possibly. And then obviously she did because of the way she was treated and she thought she was younger than she actually was. Right. She didn't so have an organic delay. She had a manufactured. Manufactured. Oh, obviously, for real. Like, she was fine when she was born. We all know this. Mm-hmm. Her mom made up all this fucking shit. Right. But, like, literally... I think a lot of that goes back to the fact that, like, they just weren't thinking properly. Like, oh, we can't get pregnant because so I'm off. <laughs> right. Right. No. You know what I mean? Like, they're so naive that they're just like, oh, can't do that. Gotta go. Gotta skip right to the murder. Because moms were okay with that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Gypsy also said she sent over $1,000 that she stole from Dinking to finance Nick's trips to Springfield. In January 2017, Gilda John's trial was postponed when prosecutors requested a second psychiatric examination. How could you go? An expert witness, Dr. Denny, concluded that Gilda John did have autism, but he was just barely within the diagnosis. 
He also said that goaded on scores related to abstract thinking, problem solving, and judgment were normal and not affected by his autism diagnosis. Well, well. Go to John's IQ was tested and he scored a 77. He was also given an adult autism assessment where he scored a 28. The normal range for an adult with autism is higher than 32. So, not, I mean, he's got the low IQ. He tested just barely within autism. But right. These two things shouldn't have led him to murder. No. I see what you're saying there. His defense team asserted that he had an IQ of 82. It was on the autism spectrum, suggesting diminished capacity. Initially, Godijan had waived his right to a trial by jury, but in June of the same year, he decided to change his stance on the matter. In December 2017, the judge scheduled Godijan's trial to commence in November 2018. During the prosecution's opening statement, they argued that Godijan had carefully planned the crime for over a year. In contrast, his defense team highlighted his autism and claimed that Gypsy had orchestrated the crime with their infatuated client merely complying with her requests. The following day, prosecutors presented text messages exchanged between Gypsy and Godajon, some of which contained explicit content. So he's like trying to throw her under the bus. More or less. I don't know if he is, but his lawyers definitely are. The text messages, often adopting various personas, were shared in the week leading up to the murder. In some of the texts, Godijan inquired about details regarding Dee Dee's room and sleeping patterns. In one of the exchanges, Gypsy said, The shit's gonna go down tonight. And Godijan would slide, Babe, it's my evil side doing it. He won't mess up because he enjoys killing. Gypsy then says, We'll be happy, Seaman. After this night, we will never bring it out. Prosecutors also introduced the knife used in the crime. These pieces of evidence were supplemented by a video recording of Godijan's police interview after his arrest, during which he confessed to the killing. After a four-day trial, the case was handed over to the jury for their deliberation. The jurors had three possible options when it came to finding Godijan guilty. Involuntary manslaughter, second-degree murder, or first-degree murder. Following approximately two hours of deliberation, the jury reached a verdict. Godijan was found guilty of first-degree murder and armed criminal action. In February 2019, Godijan received his sentencing for the murder conviction. Since the prosecution had chosen not to pursue the death penalty, he was sentenced to life in prison. Godijan made a plea to Judge David Jones requesting leniency for the armed criminal action charge, which carries a minimum sentence of three years. He expressed that he had become blindly in love with Gypsy. However, the judge imposed a concurrent sentence of 25 years for the armed criminal action charge, which would run simultaneously with his life sentence. So I've explained this before in the past, but concurrent just means they're happening at the same time. So by two life sentences concurrently, you're just serving basically one life sentence. But right. if you get consecutive, that's when they go back to back. Judge Joe has also addressed a motion put forth by Billy John's lawyer, Dwayne Perry, seeking a new trial. Perry argued that the jury should not have been informed about Go to John's consideration of raping Dee Dee on the night of the murder. Additionally, he contended that the state psychologist should not have been allowed to testify, while Godijan's psychologist should have been permitted to establish his diminished capacity. While denying the motion, the judge acknowledged that an appeals court could potentially find the latter point significant and consider it as a reversible error, which that's an error serious enough to warrant a reversal of a judgment. Right. Appeal. So, if they determined it was important enough, they could overturn this stuff. Gypsy is currently serving out her sentence at Missouri's Chillicothe Correctional Center. She refrained from speaking to the media until after she entered her plea, and eventually she opened up to BuzzFeed reporter Michelle Dean, revealing that during her time in prison, she had utilized the facility's computers to delve into Munchausen's syndrome by proxy, discovering that her mother exhibited all of the symptoms. Reflecting on this, Gypsy expressed a belief that her mother would have been the ideal caregiver for someone genuinely in need of medical attention. Which she's not. Shit, you know what? Very true. 
She admitted to having believed her mother's claims of having cancer, despite knowing that she could walk and eat normal, which led her to comply with the regular head shavings because she was convinced her hair was involved. Anyway. <laughs> However, she always held on to hope that medical professionals would see through the deception, and she expressed her frustration that only Flasterstein did so. Of course, he didn't report it. I still don't understand that. I don't either. I, I'll always say report it just report it because what's the worst that's gonna happen if you're wrong okay so you've bothered someone and you were fed up to be wrong and you might be a little embarrassed of yourself right but what's the worst that can happen if you don't i say err on the side of caution right you know what i mean like you'd rather be wrong than be right and not have said anything right when questioned by Dean about what motivated her to escape her circumstances, Gypsy recalled a significant incident that occurred at a science fiction convention in 2011. This incident made her ponder why she was deprived of the opportunity to have friends, like others her age. While she acknowledged that it was her discussions with Godajon that ultimately transformed idle talk of murder into a reality, she accepts responsibility for her actions and the consequences they entail. Nonetheless, Gypsy expressed her desire to assist other victims of abuse, showcasing her aspiration to make a positive impact despite her past crimes. Dr. Mark Feldman is an expert in one child's syndrome by proxy. He said of Gypsy's actions, the control was total in the same sense that the control of a kidnapped victim sometimes is total. Her daughter was, in essence, a hostage and I think we can understand the crime that occurred subsequently in terms of a hostage trying to gain escape. I totally agree. Same. According to Dr. Feldman, individuals who have been victims of Munchausen by proxy abuse often struggle with trust issues later in life, leading them to avoid doctors and hospitals. Gypsy, as confirmed by her family, Dean, and Aaron Lee Carr, who was the director of uh, Mommy Dead and Dearest, documentary okay. occasionally displays similar manipulative behaviors as her mother who served as her primary role model for much of her life because that's all she knew exactly feldman after watching far's documentary mommy dead and dearest expressed concerns about gypsy's compromised psychological state emphasizing the importance of strong family support for her well-being he also highlighted the likelihood of post-traumatic stress disorder affecting her ongoing development and recommended that she receive supportive psychotherapy from professionals wherever she chooses to settle. Gypsy herself has said, I feel like I'm more free in prison than with living with my mom because now I'm allowed to just live like a normal woman. And that's, that's just truly fucking sad. That's what I'm saying. That is truly fucking sad. On June 27th, 2022, Gypsy married Ryan Scott Anderson. She's eligible for parole as early as December of this year and plans to release a book around that time. Some people close to her have expressed concern that Gypsy isn't interested in mental health counseling and that she can also be manipulative. She has shown some sociopathic manipulative behaviors. Here's my thing. When you're raised around that, yeah, of course, of right. course. Because to you, that's normal. That's how you get what you want. Yeah, to you, that's normal. Because I know for one that I have certain behaviors that I'm trying to unlearn. And I'm sure that you feel the same way. Yes. That's why I went to therapy. <laughs> that's why I went to therapy. Yeah. And I was like, listen, I don't want to end up like, I don't want to name the person, but I don't want to end up like this person. I see this pattern in this yeah. person's life. And I don't. And I don't want it to play out in my life. In your life. And that's that's literally what I told my therapist. I was like, I'm afraid of becoming this person. I don't want to become this person. He was like, listen, the amount of people that come to me saying exactly what you're saying is incredibly high. He's like, don't feel, you know, bad about it. Don't feel any shame. He's like, the fact that you're here and that you're doing this, you know, that's what matters. Exactly. So... This Michelle Dean, like she said that she has observed Gypsy changing how she acts depending on who she is interacting with. Gypsy herself stated, I've been raised to do what my mother taught me to do, and those things aren't very good. She taught me to lie, and I don't want to lie. I want to be a good, honest person. It's hard to unlearn those things, though. Right. You know what I mean? 
She does work with a program called the Impact of Crime on Victims and has said that the courses teach her how to become a positive influence on the community. Well, that's good. When she's released, she plans to become an advocate for victims of child abuse, particularly the type of abuse she endured, Munchausen syndrome by proxy. She has said, I am excited for what the future holds. Spreading awareness by educating others on how to combat child abuse has become my personal passion. And by sharing my own life story as a survivor of abuse, I am able to give those who are too afraid to speak a strong voice. For her. Right. My my thoughts on it though are she needs she, she needs the help. She, she needs the cat. I know she's saying she doesn't, but I a hundred percent think she does. Anybody in that situation. Oh yeah, that. Who yeah. are sure. I, I think she's doing a disservice to herself by not accepting it, but at the same time I understand being, you know, I don't want to be the right. this shit anymore. I don't want to be seeing any more doctors. I don't want to just on on about this. It was normal life, so it's to move on. And I understand that she sees that as like being connected to all those other things because she's already been in those situations so many times. It's like she just wants to remove herself from that. But it's like in this case, she really could benefit from the mental health. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's like she's trying to, like they were saying before, those people want to distance themselves from being around doctors and those type of right. people. And, she, you know, and to her credit, she does recognize that she has some of these bad habits that she's picked up from her mom. But the right. thing is, you just being aware, just being self-aware of your issues doesn't Not mean enough. that you know how to fix them. You can be aware. Like, say you're just a fucking asshole and you can be aware of that. But how are you going to stop? If, you, if you've right. never known anything but being an asshole, how would you know what it takes to stop, stop. being one? You know, not saying she's an asshole. I'm just saying that's my analogy. Yeah. But, I mean, in my opinion, she was absolutely 100% a victim. I, you know, at first hearing it, you know, when it happened, I was like, why didn't she just leave? Why didn't she just run away? But when you get into the detail, that wasn't a possibility. She didn't try to run away. She tried. And so the law and got her. And she also had her declared incompetent. So even if she did go to the police and say all this, they're just going to be like, oh, this slow girl's making shit up again. Yeah, right. She got cold, honey. Your mommy must be missing you. Exactly. That is exactly what would have happened. That's how that situation would have played out. And she... And she was smart enough to know that. So, like, she was like, I have no other choice. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And so I honestly think her best course of action would have been to confide in someone like Aaliyah and exactly what was happening. Because I think Aaliyah would have had the frame of mind to gather evidence herself and and go assist her with going to the police. Because I think if she had somebody back, she had somebody backing her up. They knew was of sound mind and wasn't incompetent and had physical proof of everything. Right. I think it could have gone differently. It could have gone differently. I agree. I definitely agree. Because just her alone, they wouldn't have taken yeah. her. No. And or anything. Like I said, hindsight is twenty twenty. Obviously, she didn't think about that. And who are me to say that she should have? So... It's just a horrible situation. Where her mind was at at that point, by that point, honestly, after enduring so many years, basically her whole life. And she was never allowed to really develop critical thinking skills because she was always told she was younger than she was. And she was always told she was always told what to do also. (laughs) So I don't know. I personally don't think she should have been sentenced to prison. I think she should have been sentenced to a mental health facility. I also I feel that way. don't think she needed to be punished. I think she needed to be helped. Exactly. I because I know we've had this discussion before outside of the podcast, and I agree wholeheartedly. She needed help to get better, not to be punished. I mean, she's let's be real. She's been through enough. Yeah. She's already been punished for the majority of her life. Right. And now that she's just been to prison and she's going to come out of prison, there's no one that can force her to get the help that she needs. It's going to be entirely up, up to her unless she does something again, which I don't think she will. 
I don't either. But you never know. But had they sentenced her to a mental health facility, she would have been forced to get some help. Exactly. Even if she didn't want it at first, you know, she could have come around and she could have gotten the help that she needed. She probably would have realized at some point, hey, this is actually helpful. Right. And she would have still been out of the public. She still would have been locked up technically. But I just, I feel like even, even at the very end, the girl got a, 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 a shit oh, van deal. Yeah. Because they're doing a disservice to her by not. Getting her the getting the milk she truly needs. It's like her mom obviously failed her. Uh, all these doctors failed her. The legal system failed her. And 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 now here we are yet again. Ultimately, it's like with the label failing her after nailing her a second time by putting her in jail instead of somewhere where she could get the help she needs. I hundred percent agree. Yeah. So I, I mean. By all means, y'all feel free to write us, tell us your thoughts, tell us your thoughts, your opinion. But We're that's just how I feel. So, as always, if it seems too good to be true, it ends. And uh, don't 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 kill your moms. <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. And if you want to find us on Facebook, we're at Too Good to Be True Podcast. On Instagram and TikTok, we're at Too Good to Be True Pod. If you'd like to send us an email, the link is in our show notes, but it's also too good to be true pod at outlook.com. And also in our show notes, if you want to monetarily support us, or if you would like to submit a voice message and actually be on the podcast yourself or not, you don't have to, you can just let us know. That would be cool though. You could do that. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. to get some to like up my ibuprofen amount and to grab some of those pain patches mm -hmm. those menthol ones and I went out there and I was like well let me just get my grocery shopping done while I'm here because I don't want to be doing any other shit this weekend I just want to rest and rest my body and so I realized I didn't take my card with me of course so I was just oh gonna go I'm like I'll just come back home and get it it's a five minute drive I just want to get it done I don't care I'll go right back out as I'm leaving to get back to my car, some lady almost ran me the fuck over. Jesus like, Christ. legitimately, I was walking, like, across one of the aisles, right. the parking aisles, and she was coming up, and, like, I was right there in front of her car. I'm like, she has to see me. Like, this bitch has to stop. No. She just made her turn. I had to jump back out of the way. And then I'm like bitch i'm like this is why people get their their cars keyed. this is what this is what makes people do this shit because yeah. i was mad enough to just go and fight this woman <laughs> so <laughs> i understand i get to my car and guess who parked right next to me her that lady <laughs> and now this is the first time in my life i've ever done anything like this but i gotta tell you it felt good to do it and like i normally don't confront people because i just don't want to deal with it i don't want to get into an argument with anybody I don't know if they're crazy. Yeah, this thing. But that day, feeling the way that I felt, and then I had to dodge a car because she just was not paying attention. I was just done with it. I'm like, you know what? No, because what if I had been a child or something? Like, this bitch needs to know that she just almost killed someone because she doesn't even fucking know that she just did that. So she gets out of her car. I say, hey, real quick. And she looks at me. And I said, did you know you just almost ran over me? And she looks at me and she's like got this look of confusion. I say, yeah, when you were making that turn back there, I was right in front of your car and you almost ran right over me. Do you know that? She goes, oh, I'm sorry. I said, well, yeah, you should be. I said, why don't you stay off your phone and actually pay attention to what you're doing when you're driving? Because you could have run me over. You could have run a child over. You could have run anybody over. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at her. I'm like, this bitch is either high or drunk. Mm -hmm. The way she's looking at me, like just saw like this. And I'm like... You shouldn't even be on the fucking road at all. You shouldn't right. even be behind the wheel, period.
And like, I just told her off and then we left. I was like, I don't really care. So then I come home, I grab my card. I go back out. I finally get the shit I need. On the way back is when I run into that goddamn snake. Just that was a that was incident. That was crazy. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm right by Denny's, ready to turn onto Central Road. So I come home and there's this thing lying on the road. And I thought it was like a ratchet strap or something. It was just yeah. black and big and long. And I thought, oh, it's like, I thought it was either a ratchet strap or like a big piece of hose because the thing was fucking huge. Huge. Yeah. And as I get closer, I see it start to move. And I'm I like, would have died. I was like, oh my God, that's a snake. <laughs> that is a fucking snake. And then not only that, it was a pissed snake because it is doing that thing where they're like writhing up and they're like kind of getting themselves all coiled up and then they jump and they strike at you. Yeah. And it was striking at vehicles. It was striking oh at my, my car. It was striking at the other cars because it was right between the lane where you go straight and the lane where you turn. It was like right in the middle of them. And like, I must have sounded ridiculous coming around the term because like the snake is lunging at me and my windows are a little bit down, down. and I'm just making a turn oh. going. <laughs> that is like a really high-pitched shrieking sound. I think I would have just died. I may have shrieked like that too, though. I think I would have died because literally there was one time. Well, what do you do? And then I looked it up later. I was like, it's not, I don't even know what it is. Because like, I was telling Stephanie about it. I'm like, I don't know what it is. This giant black snake. I'm like, I don't think it's anything too dangerous. I don't think we have. I was like, first of all, I don't even know if that shit was native to this area because it was huge. huge. And secondly, I'm not up on my snake trivia, so I don't know exactly what it was. And I'm, I'm like, it's probably like a rat snake or something. So then I looked it up and that's when I was like, that's a fucking black rattlesnake. That was like one of those black timber, like I could still be yeah. wrong. It might be something else, like, but it looked just like, yeah. and I saw the fucker, you know, eye to eye. So oh my God. <laughs> I think that would have pissed my pants, even though I was in the car. God damn. 